Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship Home Service. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Wonturner. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here is Pastor Werner Schultz. now be hearing from Pastor Werner, who will be preaching um, the gospel. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. It is so wonderful to be together and see also those who love the Lord, and we can have fellowship in this regard. Actually, Gary, you should preach today because we sang your introductory song, Standing on the Promises of God. I remember this is one of your favorite songs. God bless you. And it is so good. Now we are so glad in the Lord. Hallelujah. We don't have anything to complain. We are here together. We can see each other and we can and listen to the word of God and hearing all these wonderful songs and we can praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to preach on a theme. The almighty God makes a covenant with a fallible man. God is the initiator of this covenant. Usually, the weaker one looks for help to the greater and omnipotent one. But here it's the vice versa. God, the omnipotent, is making a covenant with a fallible man. And I'm going to read the scripture in Genesis chapter 15, the verses 1 to 18, Genesis 15, the verses 1 to 18. Let's read. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your rewards will be very great. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the lame, a word of the Lord came to him, saying, this man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, look towards the heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your 
descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. And he said, O oh Lord, how may I know that I will possess it? Possesses. So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two and laid half, each half opposite to the other, but he did not cut the birds. The birds of prey came down upon the carcasses and Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and behold, terror and a great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. But they will also judge the nation whom they will serve. And afterward, they, were, they will come out with many possessions. As for you, you shall go to your father's in peace, you will be buried in a good old age. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. It came about when the sun had set that it was very dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. So far, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you always, always made yourself known to people who believed in you and had put their faith in you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this, what we can look at this morning. I pray, Lord, give grace to speak your word. And also pray, Lord, give grace to listen and understand your word. And also I pray, Lord, give grace that you might act upon your word wherever we should apply it in our lives. I thank you and I bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, the Almighty, makes a covenant with a failable man. It's understandable if it would be the other way around. 
that a weak person would look somehow for coverage and for strength and help to the um, omnipotent one. Now we see Abraham had a problem. God named Abraham or gave in a came in a vision to him and he said, do not fear Abraham. I am a shield to you and a great reward for you. Interesting what we read here. I will be a shield. You remember when we go to Garden Eden, after Adam and Eve have sinned, they made themselves covering by thick leaves and sewed them together. But God gave here Abram a shield as a coverage. And we understand a shield is something far, far stronger. Anything we do is not sufficient, but everything God does is sufficient. Hallelujah. And that's important. Remember, in those days, it was normal when a rich man didn't have any child and he was childless. It was the, the order so that the oldest servant became the heir of the whole thing this rich man had. Now, and that's what Abraham, what Abraham knew. My servant, Eliezer from Damascus, he is the one who will inherit everything. And there was a problem to him. Now, I know that was the idea and the thought of Abraham. I would like to have children. And in this covenant, the Lord made with Abraham, he also made the covenant, remember, with Abraham's children, with Abraham's descendants. And I, now I want to say something to our young people. Young people, when your parents dedicated you to the Lord, God made a covenant with your parents and you are included in that covenant. That means God is also reaching out to you. Perhaps you might say, well, that was with my parents. I have got nothing to do. No, no, no. You have been included in the prayers of your parents. And this prayer is powerful and long-reaching till you as well, young man or young lady, till you as well come to the Lord and give your life to him. We see here, God appeared to Abram. He still had his old name. It was not the changed name. We find later on in chapter 17, Abraham, but he was still Abram, exalted father. Now it was after his nephew Lot was rescued from the kings of Sodom. We can read it. And in verse 4, the Bible says, 
Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man, referring to Eliezer of Damascus, this man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you fathers and mothers, don't give up. If you see your children, your sons, your daughters, perhaps not following the Lord as you would wish is, is, and if you, and as you have been praying for, God will do it. Hallelujah. In one way or another, God will understand this. And he knows your desire, Father or Mother, the desire that all of your children may serve the Lord. That was Abram's problem. And he came with his problem before God. And God said, well, this man from Damascus, he will not be your heir. You will have an heir from your body, somebody that is being given to you by uh, birth. Hallelujah. And that's so important. Now, God gave Abram, let me put it this way, a video show. Videos are nothing new. God had already a video show for Abram. And we read it very clearly. And God gave Abram a video show, video show. God took him outside of his tent. And he said, now look towards the heavens and count the stars. If you are able to count them, and he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Hallelujah. So I have to say this. Sometimes if you can't sleep, people say always and give you a good uh, advice. Start counting sheep. And I have tried to practice this. But then I imagined when I was weak at night or when I was awake at night, I saw sheep on the right side and on the left side. And then the interesting thing, as I concentrated and I put the sheep on one side, I counted to the other side. And after a while, I lost because the sheep that were not counted came over to the counted side. And then at the end, I got tired and fell asleep. Now, if you can count all the stars, have you ever slept outside? under the open sky. It is marvelous. Now, if God would give you the task, start counting the stars. I think we would not be able to. Neither was Abram able to. But God said something wonderful. He said, so shall be your descendants. And we see here in verse 6, as Abram understood this, 
And as I says them, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations out of you and kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout that generation for an everlasting covenant. Let me put a hallelujah. It doesn't say in the Bible, but I think we are allowed, if we get excited about the word of God, to put a hallelujah in. And I think nobody gets disturbed by it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. An everlasting covenant. And this is what the Lord promised Abraham because God wanted him to believe him. And this, as Abraham believed him, this God counted him as righteousness. What does it mean actually? Or what do we do when we put our faith in God? This is righteousness. As soon as Abraham put his faith in the almighty God, he knew he was a failable man. We know we are failable men. I am a failable man. And I think everybody, nobody is here could say, I'm not. You are. Believe me. And in spite of that, God made the covenant here with Abraham. And what do we do when we believe in him? First, we acknowledge him as God. We acknowledge him as God. It's important. And he said, oh, Lord God, how may I know that I have or that I will possess God promised the land you will have. But how can I know it? And how will it know it? Will I know it? Now God prepared and said very clear to him, go bring me a three-year-old heifer. God prepared everything on Abraham had to do his part too. Now it comes to the signing of the contract. The contract had been spoken out by God and announced by God. It was not Abraham's idea. When God made a covenant with you, it was neither my nor your idea. It was God's idea. Hallelujah. And when I studied this a little bit, then I must say, I was rejoicing in the Lord. And the same joy I felt when I studied the word of God. I want to give you now, receive the joy in the Lord through the spirit of God. Because it's not my word I'm preaching this morning. It's the word of God. Abraham had to prepare for the signing of the contract. I think we all, in some way or another, were involved in some kind where we had to sign 
a contract either when you applied for a mortgage for your house or whatever. And then everything has been prepared by the solicitor. And all you have to do is to sign it. And after everything has been signed by the vendor and by the uh, one who will buy it and by the solicitor, then you can say this house is now going to belong to me. You have now a right to that. And so God said it very clearly, Abraham, prepare the document, in other words. And he said, bring me a three-year-old heifer. Now we know what a heifer is. A heifer is actually a red-colored cow. That's a heifer. And we read in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 and 14, and this same thing comes to application in Abraham's situation and as God made a covenant with him. And it says there, for if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify for cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we see here the heifer is a picture of cleansing from the dead works and being cleansed to the Lord. Abram was here, in another word, cleansed from his former dead works, serving idols. And God showed him now this is a covenant and God signed it and this covenant was now in this moment um, valuable and it went into action. Now, what does this mean, three years old? It means very clearly and it refers to Jesus Christ before he gave his life as a sacrifice on Calvary. He was three years in the ministry for God. And then he was prepared to give his life for the ransom for the whole world. And then he said, and that's the next thing, and a three-year-old female goat. Goats are animals during the sacrifices, and the goat was very important. We read in the Bible what the goat did. Now, after the sacrifice was being brought, the priest took the goat and he placed his hands on the goat. The goat was then becoming the so-called Azazel, that is the scapegoat. All the sins of Israel, when Aaron did that ministry, 
was placed on the goat, and this goat then was cast away into the wilderness. And all these sins of Israel were then taken away. Nobody could come now and say, well, previously you did this and this, and then you did this and this, and you reminded them at the old sin. Jesus fulfilled both actions. Remember, when Jesus got baptized, he was announced as the Lamb of God. Amen? And we can see after his baptism, he was led into the wilderness. He fulfilled in this case the scapegoat action as well. As we read in Matthew chapter 4, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be detested by the devil. The devil had then a go at Jesus in order to bring Jesus to fall, that all that what Jesus was going to do, his cleanliness, his purity to take away, to make him not fitting the Lamb of God. But Jesus overcame Satan. Hallelujah. In every incident, there were three attempts against Jesus, and Jesus overcame. Amen. Hallelujah. And through Jesus also we are overcomers. Hallelujah. What are you? You are an overcomer in the wonderful name of Jesus. All your sins have not only been nailed on the cross, also they have been taken away, as John says also in John 1, verse 28 or 29. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Jesus, as I said, fulfilled both actions. The action of the Lamb of God to be killed on the cross. Jesus didn't spill his blood. He shed his blood. He gave his blood. And we know the badly had at Gethsemane. Father, if there's any other way, please let this cup go away. This cup was placed before him in his spirit when he was kneeling in Gethsemane and was praying to God. And then he said, but Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And Jesus overcame. Hallelujah. And he also became the Azazel, that means the scapegoat. All my sins are upon him. And he took them to the cross and he cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah. And then 
he said also, bring me a three-year-old ram. This ram is a picture of the suffering ser servant of God. The suffering servant of God we read about in Isaiah chapter 53. Unfortunately, many Jews don't understand who this servant actually is. This servant is Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10, let us read. But the Lord was pleased to crush him. Can you understand? God, the Lord, the Father was pleased. It pleased him to crush him. And we see here, putting him to grief. If he would remember, or if, if he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Hallelujah. What a wonderful promise. Jesus fulfilled these when he came also as a suffering servant. I know many Israelites and the Jews, they say, well, we are the suffering servant. And they think what they were suffering in the persecution or in the Holocaust. That refers to this now. Jesus suffered. Jesus was the ram. Jesus gave his blood for us. Hallelujah. Then he brought all Genesis chapter 15, verse 10. We should read it. Then he brought all these to him, to the Lord, and cut them into two and laid each half opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds. The turtle dove and the young pigeon was not being cut. Here was this very clear, this cutting of the sacrificial animals, the heifer, the goat and the ram had this meaning that both those who would make this covenant should go past through the halves of the sacrificial animals. And that meant something. If any part of this covenant would fail, this what happened to the animals should happen to him who would break the covenant in one way or another. Now listen, this is very, very serious. And we read in Genesis chapter 15, the verse 17. And it came about when the sound had set, that it was very dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven, 
and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. Do you realize, realize something? Who is this flaming torch? Not Abraham passed through these pieces. The flaming torch passed through, through these pieces. In other words, and I know we understand this expression, God himself did the heavy lifting. He did the heavy lifting. In other words, if God would have broken his promises, God would not be existed any longer. He would have had the curse of being cut in two. But God is faithful. Hallelujah. And Abraham was always concerned about his descendants. And the Bible speaks about it. And we can see God's promises, what God says, the actions God did are always long, long caring and never, ever being forgotten. We remember in the Bible that Israel failed. Israel failed. And God did on this day, verse 18, on that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, your descendants I have given this land for the, from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Israel has a wonderful promise. They took the land and as Israel was not faithful to God, guess what? Guess what happened? Israel experienced this dividing experience. Israel was cut apart into two. Israel failed God's covenant many, many times. God always was faithful. And I want to encourage you. God always was faithful. Now, where did Israel break the covenant God made with Abraham? We read in 1 Kings chapter 11, the verses 26 to 40. You can read it at home. It came after Solomon's rule that Israel was divided into two kingdoms, the kingdoms of Samaria in the north and the kingdom of Judah in the south. And we know at the end that these two kingdoms will come together. When Jesus will come, there will be no two kingdoms in Israel any longer. There will be one kingdom and one king, King Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I want to conclude, a conclude, a conclude this sermon in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. And it says there, listen, if we are faithful, he remains what? Faithful. For he cannot deny himself. I just want to remind you. God is faithful. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Even if we are faithless, God still is faithful and he will remain faithful in spite perhaps our faithlessness. Put your faith in the Lord again with all of your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is coming soon. What he said about his church not necessarily depends on our behavior. If he said the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Who church? Whose church? Not my church. Not Pastor Gary's church. Will not prevail against Jesus' church. Amen? If we are and we do belong to his church, he is faithful and he will be faithful. Take courage in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I bless you, Lord, that you showed us very clearly your God Almighty, all-powerful, you are God. You will never fail. And you made this covenant with Abram, and this covenant was valid all the years, the years, thousands of years and hundreds of years till now, Lord. And you brought Israel in our days together. Oh, Lord, how could we possibly doubt you are almighty? You have, you have fulfilled your word in our days. And even, Lord, the rapture will come where you spoke of that you will take us unto you, into your place. Blessed be the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Amen.